Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin L. Jackson presenting Digital Transformers, and I'm serving as your host today, but I'm coming to you from Galveston, Texas. Uh, did you know that the port of Galveston is Texas's number one cruise port, and it ranks as the fourth most busiest port in North America, and it's one of the top 20 destinations in the world. The port emphasizes vehicle and other roll-on, roll-off cargo ships, refrigerated shipments with energy and project cargo and cruise ships. But today, we are spending time with Mark Judson, the CEO of EIM Sensors, an award-winning small business that specializes in enterprise information management. The company operates across the public sector and customers include the United States Department of Homeland Security. One of the things we're going to talk about is how their asset management solutions have evolved over the last decade into the Internet of Things management, where their technology is being used to monitor and control items of every shape and size. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Digital Names by Total Network Source Services. A quick programming note, if you enjoy today's conversation, be sure to find us when you get your podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss a thing. So without any ado, let's welcome Mark. How you doing, Mark? And pretty well, thanks for having me. Well, uh, please introduce yourself in the EIM Sensors. What, what do you do? Sure. I'm, I'm Mark Judson. I'm CEO of EIM Sensor. And, you know, we're a small boutique company. We specialize in information management. You know, this is one of those things where, you know, we go for anything from records management, documents, collection management, supply chain mm-hmm. uh, management. And, you know, it's really important to be able to have an awareness of where any organization's strategic assets are and IT governance and information management are a huge part of that. That's what we help large businesses to be able to do. I tell you, one of the things that uh, organizations are finding more and more is that data is really a strategic asset. You have to manage it as such. How are your customers uh, doing that with your solutions? Well, I think that we're part of a big problem that's Mm -hmm. faced um, over the past 10 years. There's been a huge transformation of going from physical assets, uh, files within, you know, file cabinets (laughs) to the cloud and being able to digitize records that need Mm -hmm. to be preserved. And every organization has their own retention strategies, you know, often within government agencies, you know, whether it's an email, a document, if it contains any kind of personal, private, identifiable information, they'd like to be able to preserve it, you know, three years, seven years, 10 years, uh, sometimes even beyond that. 
And now what we actually do is come up with a strategy where you could either digitally preserve an asset mm -hmm. or to scan it, digitalize it, and have a way to retrieve the asset from, you know, wherever it's being archived. Well, I know you didn't become the CEO of uh, EAM Census overnight. Your career sort of took some turns on its way. I understand you even uh, worked on some satellites. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, you know, my role with satellites um, really isn't that far of a departure from mm -hmm. information management. I was uh, initially involved with satellite imagery, where we could actually task a satellite to image the globe mm -hmm. and, in fact, orbit the Earth every 90 minutes. Very large swath coverage areas. Uh, imagery could actually help to characterize, you know, crops within a specific region, really understand city growth, population density, measure the impact of storms, you know, that have actually come into a community for, you know, insurance purposes. But the, one of the really important things about, you know, imagery that comes off of a satellite is being able to have appropriate metadata that would actually show when the image was actually collected, you know, what the area of interest was, what was the time of day, you know, other meaningful elements that could be used for comparative analysis, where you try to understand, you know, the changes that have occurred within an area of interest or the impact that, you know, perhaps a storm or something like that may have triggered to a local community. Yeah, I know earlier we talked about the fact that you actually did a project with NASA that involved buoys off the coast. And so you've actually worked in this area for quite a long. And some people say that, you know, why do we waste money doing things in space when we have more important things here on Earth? But uh, over the past couple of years, one of those real important things here on Earth has been COVID and the uh, yeah. global battle against that. And I understand you have actually worked with the DHS in, in tracking COVID vaccines? Yeah, we've, we've actually worked with a number of different agencies uh, with pandemic efforts. Uh, and, of course, this did kind of stem from work that we did with NASA. You know, a lot of NASA research is Earth science focused. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being able to combine in-situ sensors uh, with NASA imagery and different regression analysis models can all be combined to really um, provide predictive models of impacts of something like COVID to a community and to come up with strategic um, mitigation approaches that would be effective and then measure you know, those activities over time. Wow, you, it's such a, a broad area. You know, when people just think about enterprise information management, all of these other things really seem outside of the scope, but it, it's a real, very broad scope of, of what you do. Now, also one of your major partners is Iron Mountain. So uh, that sounds ominous. What, what is Iron Mountain? Well, you know, Iron Mountain is, you know, an amazing uh, company. They've got mines, I believe they were granite mines out <laughs> in um, Pennsylvania, that they've 
developed rooms the size of football fields. Wow. And inside of those, they have collections of all types. They've got initial Hollywood movie productions dating back, you know, from when movies really got started. Uh, they've got legacy collection information mm-hmm. for jewelry, uh, you know, just about anything that you could imagine that you'd want to preserve over time is safely safeguarded in there. And this is something that's used not just by uh, government agencies that we've worked with, but also with uh, commercial companies that are, you know, maintaining land records, insurance policies, and then all kinds of artifacts, the the collections that may be in museums, for instance, that actually need to be maintained at a unique um, environmental condition. And, you know, this is something that can continuously tracked and monitored, you know, within a secure facility. So I guess when you you talk about uh, tracking items, it's it's more than where they are. You're really looking at the environment around around those items. And that's earlier you mentioned metadata. So I guess that's part of the metadata that that um, uh, associated with the actual data. Um, you know, our, our audience is, you know, this being supply chain now, and of course they're very interested in supply chain. So uh, imagine this is really the heart of your business in that way. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, when people think about supply chain management, track and trace, I, I think that you know it's really easy to think about how. FedEx, UPS, mm-hmm. you know, delivers packages with barcode scans, you know, at each point along the way from the time you ship a package to the time that it arrives at your home. And, you know, when you are shipping products, goods and services, you know, this is, you know, really where it all begins. When you go beyond just a regular package, you can look at things like pharmaceutical shipments where you have to maintain a certain temperature. You need a little bit more than just a barcode. You need to be able to understand you know, certain thresholds or tolerances of different um, changes in temperature, for instance, and be able to you know, sh- capture excursion events where there is a deviation from the plant supply route. And, you know, this is important, not just for protecting the product and the environmental monitoring, it also helps to prevent anti-counterfeiting and to facilitate, you know, any type of returns that actually come out of it. Um, But one thing where, you know, we're looking to really go beyond where the traditional supply chain is that typically you're tracking ends at the point of delivery. Hmm. So once a product gets dropped off of your house or a pharmaceutical product arrives at your local pharmacy, the data that actually comes back to the manufacturer is pretty much limited beyond that. So we've actually been working on developing uh, mobile applications that would allow end users to really report back as far as their satisfaction using a product and be able to track the effectiveness of, you know, what they've actually um, been doing, whether you're talking about a COVID vaccination, another pharmaceutical product, or even some kind of a digital, you know, media experience. So now you're talking about like the digital supply chain. So you're, you're extending that 
physical supply chain with information and additional data? Yeah, I think that's really, you know, what's next uh, for um, the supply chain management is we've always thought about tracking physical products, um, but now, you know, being able to track the pedigree of electronic files and to be able to report back on that, you know, a simple example might be if somebody sends an email and there's a way to track each person that the information's been forwarded out to so that you can have, you know, an idea. A lot of grassroots campaigns start with an email out to 10 people and before you know it you've got a whole community that's actively engaged in a campaign and having digital tokens that actually can track you know the way that electronic information is being shared is extremely important in capturing sentiment analysis and really understanding the value of information that's being distributed Wow, people keep saying that data is the new oil, and I guess you're mining that oil through uh, EIM. So you're talking about stuff you're doing now, and it, it, I'm almost afraid to ask, what's what's the future of track and trace? Well, I think that you know it's going to really change the way that people work and do things. When you start to look at factory automation um, within the pharmaceutical space, mm -hmm. especially, you know, there's a lot of um, quality control uh, measures, a lot of standard operating procedures. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, there's a dependency on uh, having certain control points within, you know, factory operations where there's human inspection, validation, quality testing. But now with the Internet of Things, you know, we're going to be able to combine that with AI to be able to continuously monitor the quality of the products and the distribution and to automatically raise a flag, you know, if there are any deviations to, you know, what was actually planned for. Um, you know, it's, it's extremely incredible to think about. So are you an Internet of Things company? Well, I, I think that, you know, we describe ourselves as an information management organization and the Internet of Things is definitely a part of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, as we kind of look into the future, you know, the Internet of Things could be a toaster, a light bulb, an appliance, but it could also be a digital file. And, you know, we're starting to look at things um, like artwork that we can actually use digital tokens to actually track and certify authenticity and to really, you know, help to, you know, really change the way that, you know, artwork is actually managed. You know, if you look at a lot of online sites and programs um, that work with digital media, it's like Netflix, and you know, just as an example, there are a lot of shared accounts and one of the areas where companies that work with streaming media are really struggling is with licensing and, you know, shared accounts. Uh -huh. And, you know, I think that what's really next is really being able to ensure that people that are accessing digital content actually have a license to use the information that they're looking at. Wow. I mean, I, I, I'm going to have to take that bait because I... No, uh, you are going to be working 
with uh, TNS in our pilot with the Telecommunications Industry Association on just that, trying to prevent counterfeit devices and um, illegal use of uh, information, data, and entertainment across the internet. And you also mentioned artwork. Um, and I guess we should talk about why are we here in Galveston and the 1861, the Custom House. We talked about it earlier, make sure that's the right year. So, so why are you here? Uh, what does a museum have to do with um, track and trace? Well, I think that, you know, one of the important things is Galveston is a town of uh, huge uh, historic significance. And, you know, they just had a huge venue celebrating June 19th. Uh, there's a lot of history, a lot of preservation, and we're actually working with the community to bring in a digital gallery to, um, for display at next wow. year's festival. And, you know, we're looking for a way to um, be able to share those art pieces and to really give credit to the artists and other people that are actually involved in making the collection possible. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with you and your team at EIM Sensors and being able to leverage your advanced technology to uh, track this uh, digital art. So before we go, though, um, how could my audience reach out and learn more about you or contact you directly? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, we're actually putting up a new uh, website that will be used to promote the June 19th uh, gallery. It's mm -hmm. june19store.com. And you can go there, learn more about our digital collection. And, you know, as we start to plan out events for next Juneteenth, you know, I hope to see everybody there. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with June 19th being a national holiday, you guys are going to be in the spotlight, so to speak. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I really look forward to bringing awareness to the holiday and, you know, really making the day a great event. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And on that note, I'd like to ask the audience to check out the wide variety of industry thought leadership at supplychainnow.com. And you can find us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. So on behalf of the entire team here at Supply Chain Now, this is Kevin Jackson wishing all of you listeners a bright and transformational future. We'll see you next time on Digital Transformers. Thanks. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.